Hey, welcome to church. <clears throat> welcome to church. I don't know if you know this, but um, uh, when you, you didn't come to church this morning, you didn't come to church because you are the church. The church is not a building. The church is, is not a place that you go to. It is a, uh, a, a, a position. It's a, it's a person. It's someone who is in Christ Jesus. And wherever that person is, church is. Sometimes we get the concept like when someone says, where do you go to church? I think in the New Testament, if you were to ask that question, they would have said, what are you talking about? We are the church. We're the we're the church. We're the building of, of God. We're the, we're the body. Uh, we're his bride. So church is not something you go to. What you did this morning is you came to the meeting of the church, but you didn't go to church. So when someone said, oh, where do you go to church? Look at him and go, well, you go. I am the church. We are the church. And whenever, and, and yes, once a week we gather together and worship and pray and stuff like that. And in, during the week, we try to get together as well and do life together because that's what we do. But that's what church is. So, hey, thank you for coming to the church meeting, church people. Speaking of church, uh, we're going to have uh, uh, young, young Joshua come on up. And would you give him, like, an amazing hand? He's a... Uh, this is... Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, he, 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 he's an up-and-coming uh, 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 up young man in the body of Christ. He's going to share a little spoken word with you about, Mike number three, brother, about what church is all about. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am. We are. I remember there's a group of us. Uh, five or six maybe chilling at a friend's house, all of us waiting for one of them to get ready so we can go. Going to meet up with some more friends at the mall, right, mobbing 20 deep because that's just how we roll. When we met up, a friend of a friend asked me who I am, and deep down inside, I didn't really know. (laughs) But for all she knows, I'm an astronaut. I'm a secret spy. (laughs) I'm an ice cream truck driver. I'm an Olympian athlete that never gets tired. I'm a pirate in disguise or a deep sea diver. I'm a fashion designer, and that's why my style stays cleaner than a brand new pair of windshield wipers. But if I verbalize those professions, I'd only be a liar. So Josh is what I said. That's who I am. But the question continued to sing even after we all left it echoed in the empty caverns of my head again and again and again and it pushed me to the edge because I didn't have a real answer to give who am I if I was known by what I do or how I act what would they call me rapper gamer lover hater real faker It's harder than you think to accurately catch a clue. People catch more about you than you think that they do. So ask around. And they'll have an answer to who are you. That's why I continue to ask day and night. From the second I close my eyes underneath the blanket of a darkened sky to 
the moment I awake bathed in sunlight and voices, so many voices, softly murmuring answers in my mind. I got a demon on one shoulder and what feels like a demon on the other sometimes. And it's hard when you have my pride, always there to answer any question I conjure up, like, you're young fly. Josh, you're the boss. You don't know who you are. You're the man. Until I mess up once. And she turns her back, telling me, go away. You're so stupid to think you ever stood a chance. You can't compete with the greats. You can't buckle their stance. You're a failure. Who am I? John says I'm a sinner, and Paul says I'm a saint. When I was born, I was born a heathen, but when I'm buried, a heathen is not what you'll catch in the grave. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I am medicine to the soul and sometimes heartache. I am one part of the body. I am one brick in the church. I am one gear amongst thousands in a clock. But one gear less and the clock won't work. I accepted Christ into my heart. So when he came, a Christian is what he gave. That's what I proclaim. And that's fine and dandy, but that's a title. What is my name? Who am I? It says that God came to Elijah in the tender breeze amongst the gentle tremble of the leaves. That's when he speaks. So when I ask God about my identity... I crack my window and I listen for the whistle of the wind. I close my eyes and I listen for him. Who am I? Baby boy, you are mine. So I am and we are. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool, huh? How, how old are you, Joshua? 19. When did you turn 19, bro? Friday. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Sister Box, you want to come up and share that word that God laid on your heart? This is my lovely wife, Dawn, for those of you who don't know. Give her a hand. after that. That was awesome. Awesome. Well, I was praying this morning and uh, wanted to come to church prepared. And I, so I asked God the word, um, you know, do you have a word for today? And opened up my daily devotion. And I don't know how many of you were here a few months ago, but I shared a word that God um, had given our church about praising God before the victory even happens. You guys remember that? And it was about God's triumphal, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem and how they were um, praising him before he even uh, uh, experienced the victory of the cross. And that God was speaking to us to, he had sent his disciples to loosen the donkey. And he said, you know, there's things that might need, that need to be loosed in our, in our life, um, that we need to loose those things and that, and then to start praising him before we even have the victory. You remember that? Yes. 
So this morning, I open up my daily devotion and ask for a word. And what word do you think God uh, was in my daily devotion this morning? Mark 11, uh, where Jesus is making his triumphal entry. But the emphasis this morning is God's been taking us on this journey and just giving us this picture of where we're at. So we, um, several months ago, we were at that place where we needed to lose something and we needed to just start praising him for the victory, right? But the emphasis this morning was um, a little further down in that passage, and it was after he had um, cleared out the temple, and he had uh, left Jerusalem, and, and he came to a fig tree, and it wasn't producing any fruit, and so he cursed the fig tree, and Peter had asked him, he said, um, he's he said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. And this is the part I just feel like God's sharing, wanting us to know this morning. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen? How many of you know that when you're about to enter a new place, God always takes you through that faith test, that faith journey? And so I believe that this is what God is saying, is that he's given us this faith test right now, and he's going to take us into that new place. Amen? Amen. And Cindy, that, as you were just praising God and talking about his word and believing his word, I think that kind of fits along with what you had said a little bit earlier as, as, as we were worshiping the Lord. And so, yeah, amen. First um, Peter chapter two says this, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim praises, the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. The words that he uses there, chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, those were words that were earmarked for the nation of Israel. That's who they were. They were those things. That was their identifiers. And in the New Testament, Peter takes those words and he says, guys, that's, that's not Israel any longer. That's the church, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, uh, uh, his own special people with a purpose that they may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let's all stand together this morning. Have you been blessed so far by our time together? Some of you have. That's nice. Uh, thank you for that sporadic applause. Uh, just a reminder, we are having lunch afterwards. Oh, hope you, uh, yeah, we are having lunch. Taco Naco, give it up now. Can we just thank Taco Naco right now for lunch? Hallelujah. That's an awesome thing. <laughs> also want to say to you that we do have these cards for those of you who are members. And this is, we'll be voting on new council members. And so if you did not get one of these, we're going to have to get you one of these. And let me, and let me just say that if you don't know if you're a member or not, you're not. Okay. Just in case you're like, I, 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 no, just don't, don't even go there. God.
Thank you for, can you link arms just around the whole auditorium? Isn't it so nice to have the whole family together? Oh my gosh, we got to do this more often. You know what? This is like, this is what it's all about right here. Some of you see, are, 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 are looking and uh, linking arms with someone you haven't seen in months. And that's because they go to the other service. Man, God, thank you for today. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that we can join arms. And Lord, we are, we are many, but we are one body. And we stand before you and we say, God, speak by your spirit. God, give us the inspiration to do all that you have for us. And that, Lord, at the end of our day, that we bring glory and honor to you. Lord, that uh, we would be those ones who are faithful and that you would say, well done. Um, Lord, uh, we, we, we thank you for today and we ask you. Lord, to bless this time, and we ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Give someone a high five and have a seat if you would. All right, here we go. Game plan Sunday. Let's talk about a few things. All right, that'll be enough of that fellowship stuff. Um, Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about who we are, the church, and we could spend months talking about who we are. Who, the, who, who we are as, as the church. We've talked about how we're, we're, we're the bride of Christ, that we are the, 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 the body of Christ, and how we are the, the, the building, the temple of God. You know, I did a funeral last night, and in that funeral I was able to discuss how we, um, uh, King David in the Old Testament uh, says uh, that uh, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And yet the house of the Lord hadn't been built. And he wasn't talking about a building that his son Solomon was going to build. He was talking about dwelling someplace that's not earthy, someplace that he would be forever at. And he was looking forward to that place that Jesus said, I go away and prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And so, but that's what we are right now. We're the building, uh, among other things. Uh, We're called out. We're the elect. We're not special, but uh, uh, God didn't choose us because of our strength or our might or our numbers. He chose us just because that's what he does, because he loves us. Well, what do we do? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We love. Uh, remember that God gave Ten Commandments, and then the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they, or the Pharisees, added 613 commands to the Ten Commandments. Just like man, God gives ten, immediately man adds 613. You know, it's like... Uh, and they and they categorize it into the major ones and the minor ones, so that like which is what I like to do. Well, at least I'm not like that guy. He's violated all the major ones, and the whole time God's looking at me and said, "No, you are like that. In fact, you are that guy because you're violating the minor ones and the major ones, or you're violating the minor ones, and you think that's okay, but you've broken all my laws continually, right? So anyway, Jesus comes and he breaks down the 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 the, the ten into really two, but really one. And in Matthew 22, and this is what we do. We love people. When, when, when people look at the church and they go, man, you guys, you guys are so loving. Yeah, you don't get an award for that. That's what we do. It's kind of like, you know, when you go to McDonald's and you order a hamburger, you, you shouldn't celebrate that. That's, you know, like the worker's not going to go, why are you so excited over a hamburger? It's all, it's what we do. It's, it's hamburgers or whatever. Bad illustration that, that, You guys are waiting for Taco Naco, so am I. I'll get off that. Here we go. Jesus breaks it down in Matthew 22 and says, um, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That includes all of your strength. 
This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for others. The whole law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two commandments. That's it. All of it. Love God and love others. And they're on the same plane. They're both, uh, uh, all of the Old Testament, the law and the prophets, all hinge on loving God first and foremost and loving others first and foremost. Love. That's the bottom line. By the way, just a quick side note that by following the golden rule, you know, doing unto others as you would have them do unto you, that does not get you into heaven. Because see, if you, if you love others as you love yourself, but you don't love God, you won't go to heaven because of that. Because what we tend to think is, is I'm a pretty good person and I, and I, I'm a, I love people. No, I, I don't hurt people. I do pretty good with, yeah, but you don't love God. And so therefore, your motivation for loving others is something other than what God says it needs to be. And that's just because you love him. Does that make sense? A lot of people, when you ask them, are you going to heaven when you die? They'll tell you yes. And they believe that because they're a quote unquote good person that they'll get there. And I, I ask this question all the time. I say, what makes you good? Why do you think you're a good person? Well, because I don't lie, I don't cheat, I don't steal. And I say things like, you ever stolen anything your entire life? Well, yes, you ever lied ever, even a white lie, which is still a lie or half truth. Oh, yes. Well, have you ever? And of course, then they realize that, okay, I'm not that good of a person, turns out. Yeah, and that's the purpose of the law, to bring us to grace. All right? Love, that's what we do. Why do we do it? Well, first and foremost, as we saw last week, We do this thing, we love others, we love God because he first loved us. And as we saw in that scripture last week that he did it because he wanted to do it. And because it brought him great pleasure. Ephesians 1 says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms or the heavenly places because we are united with Christ Jesus. And then it says in verse 4, Even before he made the world. Can I ask you a question? What, what time frame is before he made the world? Yeah, just, just go to eternity and keep going. Okay. Before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in him to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. In eternity past, God was pleased to bring you into the family. How does that make you feel this morning? Does that make you feel pretty good? It should. It should. So another reason that we, uh, that we do these things is, is uh, 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 so we can do the things that God planned for us to do long ago. And ultimately, we do these things for his glory and his fame and his great name. It's for him. The song says, it's all about you, Jesus. It's not about me. Uh, as if you should do things my way. You alone are God and I surrender. It is all, there's only one star in the kingdom. Yeah, uh, the disciples, when Jesus was uh, about to be crucified and he was uh, uh, getting ready to wash their feet, they're having a discussion, sounded like more of an argument, and they're talking about who's going to be greatest in the kingdom. I mean, this is, this is essentially, he's about to be arrested and crucified, and they're having a big old discussion about who's going to be the top dog. And I could just imagine how that conversation went. You know, well, yeah, hey, listen, buddy, you never walked on water. Yeah, you walked on water. You drowned too, man, if he hadn't reached that. Oh, uh, well, yeah, well, you know, yeah, Peter, James. I mean, like, can you imagine? 
Just like, and the Lord just quietly gets up and begins to wash their feet. Mm. For his glory, for his fame. First Corinthians 10, 13 says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I looked up that word, whatever, in the original Greek language, and it means whatever. It means whatever, every, whatever. doesn't matter what you do. Do it all for the glory of God. Ephesians 3.20 says this. This is kind of a theme scripture. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, one translation says exceedingly abundantly, above and beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power at work in, uh, within us. And here it is. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus Throughout all generations, can you read this together with me? Forever and ever, amen. Because every once in a while, Paul the Apostle had to get a good amen in there. And the, and the church that he, that he wrote to in Ephesus read that and went, amen, for his glory in the church. You want to know why we exist, why we do what we do? You want to know what it's all about? Bringing glory to God. That's what it's all about. All right, so just very quickly, I'm going to run through a few things and uh, to give you a little bit of a timeline of what we have, uh, we're, we're going to talk about kind of our, um, we're not going to get into all of our core values, but kind of the 30,000 foot connect, grow and serve, which many of you are familiar with. And this is kind of how we do church here at Living Grace. There's much more to talk about on this. Uh, we're going to talk about what it means to be an outward focused church and some of the areas that we feel like God has really called us to. Uh, we're going to talk about some financial things because this is Game Plan Sunday, but it's also our, our uh, annual church meeting, and this is supposed to take place so that we can talk about our finances, we can talk about building situation, we can talk about new candidates for uh, our council, and I'll give you a little explanation about what our council is if you're, if you're not aware of that, okay? Does that sound good? And then after that, we eat. I'm with you, brother. Taco Naco in the house. Uh, Oh, by the way, you notice Pete Prasadi's not here this morning. Yeah, he's in Hawaii. Yeah. You know what? We should call him and go boo, like as loud as we can. Are you guys, we got time? Oh, now I'm not going to do that. Come on. Okay, all right, all right. No, 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 no. There are guests here. They're thinking, what kind of church is this? Anyway, we're jealous. Um, Alan, would you text them and tell them we're all talking about him right now and we're jealous? That's close enough. All right, here we go. Connect, grow, serve. Let me tell you what kind of what our, um, our, um, uh, these are, these are stakes in the ground and, and, and how we do church. Connect. Uh, the, the, the number one way that people engage in church is is typically right here on Sunday morning. And, and that's why we call this connect. It's the first point of contact. People go to our website. 80% of the people that visit your church go to your website first. And they go, Let's check it out online first. And after they do that, then they decide, you know, based on whatever things are there, maybe they might come or not. And it's not just that, but that's just one way. And then they come on Sunday. And so Sunday service, this is the big end of the funnel. This is kind of um, uh, the first point of contact in, in, in starting the process. And, and it's not the only starting point, but it is the biggest. And, and so, but, but the question is, what's the purpose of Sunday? 
why, why do we do this? Is it just because it's cultural? It's what you do on Sunday morning? You go to church in America? I don't know. But our purpose is to celebrate, to encourage one another, to build one another up, to have some fellowship, and hopefully to be challenged to do something. Okay? Uh, it's, it's, there's a dynamic that's very, uh, uh, um, not unique, but it's different when the body of Christ comes together and we're together in unity. Uh, you, you feel it. Like that song we sang today, uh, uh, that, that last song, did you, did you not just, just like, there's something about being together and singing and worshiping and sitting around God's word. It's a, it's a powerful dynamic and God manifests his presence in unique ways when we're together in agreement. Amen. And so that's why we do that. Um, but what if I, but, but that's not it. That's not it. Because every Sunday we try to a- answer this question, what's next? What's next? And what's next is in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And the Lord added to their number dailies those who were being saved. Okay, and so that becomes the focus of what, see, see the, the, the purpose of meeting here is those things that we mentioned, but it's also to get you to the next step in the process, and that's called grow. That's our light group structure. See, we've got some core values. One of them is that we do life together. Another one is that we do church as a team. And that we practice that everyone is a servant leader. All of those things happen in our light groups. What's the purpose of light groups? It's to come together during the week to do life together, to grow in the grace of our God, to grow in our relationships with one another, because this, this Sunday can't be all we do. Jesus didn't live and die and raise from the dead so that we would go to church service on Sunday only. But there's much, much more to it, and that's doing life together. And so the purpose of our light groups is to identify our gifts and talents. It's to uh, have a place of mutual accountability. Uh, if, if, if someone calls the office and says, hey, can anyone over there uh, do a hospital visitation? The first question we're going to ask is, do they go to a light group? Oh, they do? Okay, well, who's their light group leader? And then we'll, we'll connect them. Oh, they don't. Okay, give us information. We'll try to get somebody over there. But the first point of contact and, the, and of accountability and unity and community is within the light group structure. Remember the old adage, if you take a pile of coals and you pile them in a pile, they heat much faster. The ones that roll off to the side, sometimes they don't even light up, right? Because they're not, what, together in the fire, we have to be together in the fire, all right? And so light groups identify gifts and talents. There's mutual accountability. Uh, uh, but also getting people serving in the world and in their gifts and callings. What if the purpose of light groups was all of that, but also draw a line to the next step, and that's serve? See, meeting together is great. But we believe that our light group should be serving together as well. They should be out doing things together because here's one of the ways that you grow. You grow in unity with one another. You know what? The, some of the best growth that happens in the body of Christ happens in relationship. Is that right? 
Doing life together is where growth happens. Man, our life group, we've seen people just, just grow like crazy in their walk with Christ. That would not have happened uh, 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 by themselves. You can still grow that way, but how much better to grow together, see? But then also one of the great ways that you grow in your faith and the discipleship happens is when you serve together. See, you meeting together on a regular basis, you're getting to know one another, you're becoming, you're becoming uh, uh, friends, you're becoming brothers and sisters in Christ, and then you go out and you do something together, and you serve together, and you roll up your sleeves, and you dig a ditch, or you pull weeds, or you minister to children, or whatever it is, side by side. Now, now not only are you doing life together, you're serving, and you're serving together, and you're growing together a, a, as, as well. And so our light groups should be doing three to four service projects a year. Now, I'm going to give you a couple that you can write some dates down to that you can do. Three to four a year. Romans 12.4 says this, just as each one of us has one body and many members, and those members do not all have the same function, right? He says, so in Christ we, though we form, though, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Grow. So connect. Here we are. Sunday, connect. But this is not the end of connect. Because connect folds over into grow. What's grow? It's our light group structure. It's getting together. We have men's groups. We have women's groups. We have couples groups. We have uh, 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 Family groups, people with children, <laughs> young children. I was told to change the name to, what is it? What do you guys want the name changed to? <laughs> Listen, we have a young adults group. I've just been told they're all over 30. They're no longer young adults. <laughs> and they all have kids too. So some 22-year-old walks in, yeah, I'm here for the young adults group. Everybody's married, got children. Peace, you know. Exactly yeah, but what a great place to learn how to be a mommy or a daddy. But in a, not what they're looking for. They're looking for, they're looking, uh, I'm not looking to learn how to be a husband. I'm trying to be a husband. <laughs> so I need, where's the group with all the, anyway. <laughs> Trust in the Lord, brother. <laughs> <laughs> trust God, man. Come on in. We got, we got nachos. Okay. I'm easy. Where was I? Grow. Serve. Oh. Whoo. Serve. You think we can do this without you? There's no way. Gifts and talents. Some of you guys are getting it done in a way that is mind-boggling. And some of us are warming the seat on Sunday. We don't need our seats to be warmed. <laughs> we need people who will warm the seat and then go do what God's called them to do. Is that okay to say? It was like a, a shift in the atmosphere here. I'm like, like, all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, I'm feeling this vibe. I don't know. Yeah, come on. We can't do it without you. We're, we're, see, see, without you, we're missing a member. We're missing a part, a function. And they're all different. That's what's the beauty of the church. Nobody sits on the sideline. Nobody sits on the bench. It's not like Jesus looks at the end of the bench and goes, all right, box, get in there. She, you know, he's, 
put him in the game. No, no. And it's beautiful to see how we serve. And so many of you serve in so many ways. Because you know what? We're called to make a, dif- a difference. Not just to connect. Not just to grow in our comfortable little light group. So, so, so yeah, man, I go to my light group, but that's all I do. I just, we just love, man. We love each other. And we're growing, man. We're growing deep in the word. And, and you know, we're loving one another. And, and uh, do you ever have any newcomers? No, no, no newcomers. Just us. Just, we just... You know, we four, no more. Yeah, it's been that way for 20 years. Oh, time out, yo. Time out. Hold up. Hold up. That's good. That's a start. But something needs to change over there. Okay. Right? No? Okay. All right. We, we've been called to make a difference. Uh, we do church as a team when we serve together. We practice servant leadership when we serve together. And maybe even everyone's an evangelist. It's one of our core values. Everyone's an evangelist. We're all called to make a difference somehow in, in, in the body of Christ, in, in our community, in our church. All of us. We're going to talk about that in, in just a moment. So here's, here's one practical way you can do that, all right? Save this date. April the 28th. April the 28th. We are having a Discover Your God-Given Gift seminar. April 28th. And uh, we are going to uh, take that day and we're going to spend some time going through what I think is one of the better uh, uh, curriculums. And it's it's just a one, uh, like a a half-day meeting, uh, most of an all-day meeting. But it helps you to identify what your gifts are as well as what others' gifts are. And so how sometimes you clash with that person. You know how that person over there, you don't like that person. Something about them rubs me wrong. Yeah, that's because they have a different gift set than you have, and it makes you jealous. Or those people rub you. You know, it's kind of interesting how this, and we get to talk about all that stuff, and, and then you learn what your gift is. And then, but the purpose of uh, your discovering your God-given gift seminar is not so you can walk out the door and go, got my gift, man, I know what it is. Are you using it? Nope, but I know what it is. All right, listen, bro, you need to engage that gift and grow in it. And get around other people that have that gift as well. But not just them. You know, link arms with some others that are gifted differently. That's the body of Christ. So April 28th, discovering your God-given gifts. More information to come on that. Now let me shift gears and talk about this. Everybody say outward focus. Outward focus. Church. Church. There is so much work to do. There is, there is so much talent in this room right here that, that, that I believe God really, really wants to do through us. There's so much. There's so much. Um, you might be thinking, outward focus, what does that mean? Well, let me tell you. Um, uh, write this down, another date for you. March 24th, we're calling it an Easter love fest at the budget suites down the road, okay, Rancho, Lake Mead area, okay, can't miss it, 700 plus apartment units, we've been going there for years, and, and God has given us tremendous favor in that neighborhood, incredible favor, incredible, Living Grace Church, we must increase our ministry in that area, we must, we absolutely, we have a mandate from God to do that. 
And I'm telling you, the door is wide open. It's wide open. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that, that's a practical thing and uh, uh, where we will go. And uh, we, got, we got music coming. Between Sundays will be there, Jared, in the house. They are coming, right? Yeah, okay. They are now, brother. If they, no, uh, live music. We get to go in there and blast the music, get people there. And we minister to the children in just face painting and all kinds of creative ways. They call it face graffiti, but I say face painting. And, 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 and we build relationships. And, and, and you know what? Maybe some people come to church. Maybe they don't. But that's not going to be the last time they'll see us. We have to keep going back. We have to be creative about how we go back. Because a once a year, twice a year thing will not do it in an, in an area that's got some needs. That's got some needs. So I just want to tell you that, that you reach children, you reach families. And we have got to figure out ways to reach children and young people in that area. And you know what? One of the first things I think we're going to do after this outreach, I know we're going to do, is find out where all these kids go to school. Where's the elementary school? Where's the middle school? And we're going to put on a suit and a tie and however we dress, <laughs> you know, we're going to go to the uh, principal and say, how can we help? We're not asking for anything. We just want to help. What can we do? We're going to adopt some schools around. I don't know. I, I know there's one further up Smoke Ranch. But we're going to do that. We're going to adopt a school or two, and we're going to be very strategic in just being a blessing. And if anybody asks us why, we will tell them because that's a part of the deal. We're going to tell them that, right? So more on that, but I wanted to give you that date so you can write it down. Um, <clears throat> now, here's another thing. Uh, First Choice Pregnancy Center, okay? I told you, I think it was a week or two ago, that they had saved 450 babies um, uh, this year. How many is it now, Miss Laura? 480. So I think it was last week that I told you that. 450. It was a week and a half ago that I was there, and they said 450. It is now 480 babies have been saved at First Choice Pregnancy Center. You might have been here a couple of years ago when God literally visited us on, on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade and messed up our whole service. And we wept and we wailed. God has laid this on our heart. And so back there, First Choice Pregnancy Center, March for Life. That's one way that you can be involved in that. They're having a baby parade. And as we, uh, as we said in the um, announcements, it is the busiest pro-life uh, agency in America. Right here in Las Vegas. And so you might want to consider serving there, like groups. Hey, there you go. There's one of your service projects. Once a month, go down there and serve. Because, Miss Laura, do you guys need servants down there? Do you guys need people to serve? But all kinds for March 10th. Yeah, okay. All kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. So there's another opportunity. We will increase our involvement in the First Choice Pregnancy Center. That's another thing. I just want you to know that. So when you hear about it, you can go, okay, that's cool. All right. How about this? Las Vegas Rescue Mission and Reach Ministering to the Homeless. I don't know if you're aware of this, um, but we have, we have people in our church, one couple in particular, who go to the Las Vegas Rescue Mission once a month. But not only that, they do uh, neighborhood outreach and street outreach and stuff like that. And are you ready for this? I asked them last year, I said, how many people do you serve, uh, you know, in, in, in a month? 
and they started doing the math. I said, oh, you know, I don't know. We serve, you know, a couple hundred here, a couple hundred there, blah, 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 blah. I go, well, give me a number because I had to put it down in my, my four-square annual report. <laughs> they want to know how many people are you out there serving. And, uh, and, and the number was, was, was like 10, 12,000. Yeah. Did you hear me? I, I, I didn't mean that. I, I know you did. I'm sorry. I, I kind of said, like, I was mad at you. I'm not, you know. Like, did you hear me? What's wrong? No, no. 10,000 people a month. There, there's, and, and it's, like, I wrote that down, and I was like, I felt like, man, how cool is that? I didn't know it was like that. Ten, and it could be more than that. So you want to get involved in ministry to, to, to the homeless, those that are in need? And it's not just, hey, give someone shoes or a coat or whatever, although we did. Can I tell the story about UNLV? Yeah, we did call UNLV, and we said, hey, we need shoes for some guys on the streets. And they said, what size? I said, I need a couple of size 13 and one size 17. <laughs> and they gave them to us. You can applaud for that, right? Come on. <clears throat> did we ever find the guy with the size 17 feet yet? Not yet. He'll be around. He'll show up. He'll show up. They put those shoes in the back and people go, oh, 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 never mind. Never mind. <laughs> oh, that's for Ray Ray. Okay, he ain't here today. Yeah, Ray Ray will be back next week. Um, yeah. So, hey, praise God. Yay, God. Yay, God. Uh, Jim and Heather, would y'all just stand up real quick? I, I know you hate this. I know it. Stop it. Okay? Thank you. I know, I know, I know. The Bible says to recognize those who labor diligently among you. So we just want to recognize you and say, if you want to get involved, see them. They will put you to work. They will. And they're doing a great, great work. And you know what? They don't, no glitz, no glam, no cameras. They don't talk to nobody. They just get it done. It's an amazing thing. So we need to do some more there. How about this? Personal evangelism training. Okay. We talk about serving at the budget suites. We talk about serving maybe at the... First Choice Pregnancy Center or maybe serving in the streets of Las Vegas. Um, how about just in your own realm of influence? One of our core values is everyone's an evangelist. Everyone. Oh, I know, but I don't know what to say. Hey, you could be like the guy who was blind. And when they said, tell us again, what happened? He goes, listen, I told you already. I was blind and now I see. What else do you want to know? Can I go? You know, I'm, I, that's testimony, right? Uh, personal evangelism training. Everyone is an evangelist. You have a realm of influence. God has placed you in a school. He's placed you in a neighborhood. He's placed you in a family. He's placed you in some area where you, you don't have to be loud and stand up on a table and yell at, at people. No, no, no. Just in the unique way that God has created you, you are an evangelist. You have to see yourself. The Bible says to do the work of an evangelist. That's you. Listen, church, there's no plan B. I understand in Revelation there's an angel that's going to come forth and proclaim the gospel to the entire world, right? By then, we'll be long gone, right? That's like the last-ditch effort, but guess what? Plan A is the church. It's you. That's why he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Everyone's an evangelist. Look at this quote, okay? Let this stir your heart to action. 80% of Christians that attend church once a month or more know they have a responsibility to share their faith. 61% of them haven't told a person how to become a Christian in the last six months. Okay. Okay. We got work to do. We are going to put together some creative evangelism training tools for you to help you to be a better witness wherever God has planted you. Because guess what? Everybody learns differently and people come to Christ differently. Sometimes it's testimonial. Sometimes someone just wants the facts. Sometimes it's maybe because of circumstance in their lives. Maybe it's because of some sort of issue. You never know. But as People learn differently, and people have different gifts as well. People also come to Christ differently as well. So we're going to try to be very well-rounded in that and not just one particular way to do that. Does that make sense? All right. Um, We continue to support globally um, uh, missions in China with our sister Cece Hayes, Joshua, and, 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 uh, and Stacey Statham and their ministry to raise up missionaries all over America and send them out. We also give to Foursquare uh, Disaster Relief and Foursquare Missions International right now. So we are continuing to give. One of the things that we've got to do, Living Grace, we've got to get back out on the mission field. Okay, we've got to get going. We've got to plan some trips and we've got to do some things out of our soul, starting in Mexico and maybe even going beyond, right? Uh, I just met with somebody yesterday who was talking about missions trip in Turkey and Iraq and Iran, and I'm like, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Let me get back to you on that one. Local-based, too. So, uh, but, but not to shotgun and approach it, but to be real strategic and to believe where God would have us to go. I'll tell you one, 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 let me tell you one area I believe that God's calling us to. That's to South Sudan. Ayun, help me. Right. I believe that we have people in our church who are from Sudan. God does that for a reason. And I believe we need to find a creative way to pour some resources in Sudan because the window of opportunity in southern Sudan is 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 closing. Right. I mean, it's not it, there's a lot of stuff going on there. and There's an opportunity to make an di- impact there. And so we'll gather with our Sudanese friends and we'll see if there's we'll pray and we'll see if there's not something God's leading us to do that could be very strategic for that nation. Amen. Okay, very good. All right, let me shift gears right now, and um, we're almost done. Are you, are you okay? Okay, we're okay. Let me talk about some business, all right, because it's important that we are transparent and we talk about business stuff. So I have some, some numbers that I want to show you. Um, these are off of our, um, our P&Ls that we do every month and our year-end P&Ls, as well as this. All, it's all summarized into one, one, uh, uh, one report. That's an annual report. But I want to show you, if we could show the next slide, I want to show you some of these numbers and give you some, some understanding a little bit about, about what they are. Um, uh, I'll, I'll kind of run through the numbers, and then I'll, I'll kind of do a little narration on them, all right? So uh, our monthly average tithe, that's tithes and offerings. You know, if we're business, you call that income, but it's not income because, you know, we're a volunteer-based corporation, <laughs> church. And so the numbers for the average monthly tithe, uh, 2015, you, you can see the numbers there, 2016, 2017, and you see that there's a decreasing trend in that. That has been our pattern. In fact, from uh, 2016 to 2017, uh, the ties were down 3.2%. 
And in years past, it's been uh, more than that. But if you go back to that major screen again, back one slide, please. There we go. Thank you. Um, uh, so, so that's something that, that we need to address, and, and we'll talk about that. Um, uh, weekly average attendance, um, uh, we're, we count, just so you know, who's here, because Foursquare as a corporation wants to know that information, and, they, and that's something that they uh, put into their annual reports as well, so that they, as a denomination, can say, this is how we're doing, this is where we're growing, this is where we're not. And so we, ca- we track numbers. We track children. We track youth ministry. We track people in attendance on Sunday. And you see 2015, 185 average weekly attendance. Um, not sure if that includes Wednesday night or not. But either way, uh, 160, uh, I think that's just Sunday service, 185, 169, 166. And so you see that there's been a little bit of a decline in that as well. Uh, from 2016 to 2017, not as much, but still from 2015, all right? And so uh, that's, that's a point of, of, of addressing as well because that needs to change. And the way that that changes is by connect, grow, serve. The more people we get in light groups, the more people we get doing life together, doing church as a team, the more people that we see themselves as evangelists and all of that stuff that we've just talked about goes into helping to change that. Okay, now let me show you some account balances. Uh, we have three general savings accounts, um, 2016 balance, 85000 And if you look across at 2017, 82000 um, a little bit of a difference there. But our savings, uh, 73924 and then 2017, $114,000. That's a $40,000 increase. Now, in 2016, we paid off a loan. So some of that is where that came out of. And then in 2017, there was a salary decrease as well. Uh, so that we can stay within the ratios that Foursquare likes us to operate in. Are you guys okay with me? Because this is church and we got to tell you what's going on, all right? And so that's another reason why 2017 brought us a little bit more savings. But anyway, a $40,000 difference, okay? So, you know, yay God on that. And then our building fund, uh, 2016, 271, 2017, 300. That's a plus $29,000. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute as well. The building situation, what the building fund looks like and what it should look like. Uh, so a little bit of increase there. Yay God. Um, missions. Uh, 14,412 in 2016, in 2017, 18,246. And so we saw an increase in that. Some of that increase is because what we do, uh, Foursquare, we give, we give 10% of our, uh, of our income back to Foursquare. Uh, it's, it's a part of the tithe that we give back to them. It's a part of being a charter church. It's a part of being a part of the denomination. It's, uh, we, don't, we don't sweat that. We don't argue it. We write it cheerfully because that's our church family, and it goes to all kinds of things. Well, a couple of years ago, they decided that they were going to give some of that money back to the churches to use to local outreach. And so, yeah, we give, and then they give back to us, and they ear, we want you to earmark that for missions and outreach. And so some of that increase is that 18246 comes from that, but also from you guys' generosity and you guys' hearts. And so we saw an increase there as well. Okay, hey, I know it's church, and I know it's like, man, just give me the word, but we got to do this, and today's a special day. We do it once a year, all right? So let's move on. Um, Our average, our monthly average income, $28,974 per month. 
Thank you, God. And our average monthly expense is 26842 And that takes us with a plus 2000 And uh, we're, we're actually looking for ways to be to more creative ways to cut back on what we spend. Uh, we, we actually are. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, with, uh, with, you know, Pastor Jonathan and, and Julie being gone, our salary structure has changed. So there's a big, there's a savings there. But we are bringing someone on to to uh, uh, to, uh, to, f- to fill Julie's position as well, and so that's going to change a little bit. But um, but our expenses, payroll wise, have gone down significantly. But, you know, but there's going to be a little bump up. But anyway, uh, so right now we're at plus two thousand a month. But I think that in the next six months we'll be able to change that. Does that make sense? Right, am I am I clear on that? Okay. All right. Now, let me get into some of the details. Hang with me, guys. We're almost there. And then we get to vote for new council members. Yay. Ties were down 3.2% in 2017 compared to 2016. Okay? That has got to change. It, it just has to. And there's a number of reasons why. So before I get to those reasons, even though we're seeing a declining trend, 3.2% in our revenue, <laughs> a.k.a. ties, um, at year-end 2016, we had a cash flow of $455,231. That's money that was in our savings account, and we have a checking, a ministry checking account as well. But just straight cash at the end of 2016 was $455,000, okay? Now, some of that is earmarked for, for building, and money that's earmarked for building is earmarked for building. Unless Jesus returns, it ain't going to get used for nothing else. Because <laughs> guess what? If Jesus comes back, it ain't going to matter because we're going to be out of here. <sighs> that's what that's for, though. Okay? What you give to our building fund goes to the building fund. Period. Um, <clears throat> Uh, so, uh, but then at uh, uh, the end of 2017, $525,804. So there's an increase there in our total cash flow. So we say, yay God to that. Yay God. Um, but the trend of our giving needs to turn. I want to challenge you this morning. If you call Living Grace home, I want to challenge you in your giving. And it's okay because you're not given to us, you're given to the Lord. I want to challenge you to pray about your giving and how you give. Um, if the 80-20% rule that is, a, is alive here, that means that 20% of the people give 80% of the finances. It shouldn't be that way in the church. I don't know that it is or isn't. By the way, I never look at who gives what. Because you know what? I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know who gives what. So. Uh, but the trend needs to turn. The number that you see in your bulletin, that's our weekly budgeted amount. That's what we need to have. 3.2% decrease affects our ability to get a loan. We, as a part of Foursquare, deposit money into a very high-yield account through the Foursquare Financial Services. And what they do is they loan money to entities that are building churches, doing missions work, doing outreach, things like that. And as long as our trend continues downward, um, they're not... I mean, they're not going to loan us money in excess of what we can absolutely pay for. Does that make sense? So that number has to change. You know, when you go to buy a house and they say, you know what? I know you want a million-dollar home, but you want a, two, you want a quarter-million-dollar budget. <laughs> so let's bring it on down a little bit. Well, we need to change that so we can bring it on up a little bit. All right? Um, 2015, uh, I'll put it to you this way. In 2015, 
we didn't have the down payment that we needed as we were looking for building. In 2017, we didn't have the sustained income to get what we needed. So we've got to change that. So let me just say um, that I am, I am, I, I've got, I, I, I believe that we can change this pattern by increasing the 2018 ties by 3%. That's just 3%. We can increase that 3%. Then that will begin to change the, the trend. I also believe that the money that is earmarked for, for savings and for the building fund, that if we can increase that to $100,000, and we're going to be tracking these things and giving you reports on these, I just think that that will change our financial picture. And so I'm challenging you to give in that capacity. Uh, we need to change the trend. Instead of a 3.2% decrease, we need a 3% increase. Does that make sense? Okay, so you can pray about that, right? Okay, very cool. Um, regarding our building situation, um, we are looking at all options right now, leasing, purchasing. We did place an offer on a place a couple weeks ago, a month ago, and it was a very reasonable offer, and then they pulled it off the market and said, ah, we changed our mind, we don't want to sell it. And it was a little bit tight fit for us, but it was ownership. And so we continue to look for that. I want you to be aware of this date, that the owners of this place, at the end of the month, we need to let them know what our intentions are about what we're going to do. Because if we're not going to renew our lease, there's a 90-day notice we need to give them, that's the end of March. So we need to let them know. Are we going to renew or are we not? And if we're going to renew, what does that look like? And so that's a date that you need to be keeping in prayer along with us as we continue to look. Right now, we can afford a million-dollar building if it's basically moving ready. And I just want to tell you this, church, that for what we need to do and how we need to do it, I don't know that that's enough. We need more than that. We need more than that. We need, more that we need, a, we need a place where we can make a significant impact in the neighborhood. A community church, call it that if you like. A place where we can have after-school kids programs. Who knows? Maybe even a gymnasium. A place where we can do things that, that make an impact in the community. Maybe English as a second language classes. Uh, so, but that's, that's, that million-dollar building, uh, we haven't seen it on the market. I mean, we did. We made an offer. They changed their minds. So, uh, but who knows? But keep praying about that for us. And so, again, prayerfully consider a 3% increase per month. In 2018, that's $1,000 a month. That's all, all right? Also, increasing our combined savings and building fund contributions to $100,000 in 2018, all right? And if we turn that trend and we save in our cash reserves, then that'll turn things around, all right? Now, is, is, is that good? Can we, can we, you guys are cool with me? You know, I don't talk about money a whole lot, but sometimes you got to talk about it. That's probably one of my, one of my struggles is talking about finances, you know? And so anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, so let me shift gears again and also say that if you have any questions about any of this stuff, talk to us after our council will be up here and we're, we're available. If you got any ideas or thoughts or you, hey, you guys thought about this? Okay. We want to hear from you. Okay. Because it's, you know, it's, it's time. It's time. Um, all right. New council members. All right. We're almost done. If you are a member, do you have one of these and a pen or a pencil? Preferably a pen. And if not, just raise your hand and we'll get you one. Sister Box, you can have mine. 
Huh? Did I get the vote? All right, everybody got one? Okay, great. Um, let me tell you about the council a little bit. The council is responsible for the financial matters of the church. They are the ones who make sure that everything is lined up the way that it should be, that everything is uh, 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 working correctly, that um, things are, are in order and in line. How you doing, bro? What's going on, man? Um, yeah, watch out for that foot. Um, uh, it is a big responsibility. It really is. And they take it very, very seriously. Um, our council, we have a modified Episcopalian structure here. That means that it's not just senior pastor, senior run, senior driven, and whatever the pastor says goes. And that also means that it's not, well, we're the council. We don't like you anymore, so we've decided to, to vote you out. What? <laughs> you know? So we're in the middle of that. So the pastor is accountable to not only our denomination, Pacific, which we are part of the Pacific Southwest District, but also uh, our, our council. Uh, and so the council and the pastor, we all work, and the spiritual leaders of the church, we work together so that uh, there's no one entity that's in charge of everything. Does that make sense? It's a balanced approach. And, and, and I, actually, I actually like it. And so um, before we uh, talk about the process of new council members, there are two council members that have served us, and they are they're, 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 their time is up. And if, if Vincenzo, if you would stand, and Miss Donna, if you would stand as well, and would you just thank these two for their service? Uh, they have served admirably, and and you may be seated. I'm telling you what, we are we're thankful, man. These Man, we are. We were so blessed to have them and, and their input. And, and you know what? We wrestled through some hard things and, and some tough, tough things. It was, it was a tough season, you know, but, but, but hey, they're here. So, you know, they're here for Vision Sunday. So, yay. Um, but uh, so, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And um, so, and, and so what happens is, is that every year we add new council members and there are some that transition off. And so that way it's not like, was it Congress where you can be, <laughs> you can, uh, you know, there's a change in leadership is what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> um, yeah. Uh, so, so let me introduce some new candidates to you. We're almost done. Are you okay? Do you need to stand for, for a moment? Everybody stand up for just a moment. You're fine. Okay. Just if you want to stand. All right. Stretch the knees. All right. Go ahead. Have a seat. All right, great. So, um, and what will happen is I'm going to bring them up, and um, I, I do have a little bio on them, but I'll ask them just a few questions. And um, I know some of them are like, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, so where's Miss Donna? Miss Donna, where are you at? Would you come up, please? All right, this won't take long. Uh, Miss Donna, if you would just tell everyone a little bit about you and your family, amazing family. Just kind of how long you've been here and all that good stuff. Uh, well, uh, I think we started coming 2009. So nine years we've been here. <laughs> nine years we've been in Las Vegas. Uh, we actually came from Chicago. I was born and raised there. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I'm married. Uh, we have three children. You've met Joshua. So now you know I'm Joshua's mom. <laughs> if you were at my daughter's school, I'm Jalen's mom. 
it's okay to refer to me that way. I just started with CCSD um, as a first aid safety assistant, uh, and I'm loving it. I mean, I've only been there a few weeks, and I'm loving it. I love this church. It's been my family for years now. Amen. Right on. Dave, where are you at? Brother Dave, come on up. Brother Dave, <clears throat> tell us a little bit about you, sir. I'm David McDade. I've lived in I've lived in Las Vegas for about 20 years now. I'm married to my lovely wife for 25 years. We have we have four grown adult children, three grandchildren. We've been attending Living Grace now for approximately two and a half years. As we left another church for just, we needed a smaller church to to have more of a family unity instead of a large church. The larger church is you seem to fall into through the cracks, per se. And here at Living Grace, we've become like family. We, we've actually acquired a large family <laughs> network here, per se. You know that I mean, people seem to really care about each other here, and that's was a good thing for us. You know, that was important. Uh, what else would you like to know? <laughs> uh, just a little bit about your background. A little bit about my background. As far as working. Um, I'm semi-retired. Uh, for the past couple of years, I've been taking care of, trying to be a caregiver for my wife as she's been recovering from an illness, trying to get her back on the road where she needs to be. Um, I've done, I've actually worked with a large global corporation in financials for 15 years before I semi-retired. Uh, what else would you like to know? Perfect, man. You're good. <laughs> good. I, I'm not a speaker. I'll tell you I know, that. man. You did great, <laughs> Put man. me on the spot. No, today. I know. I know. You did good. Thank you, Dave. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? Real quickly, uh, I, I, I invited someone to our church, um, uh, Friday and, uh, uh, you know, we're, you know, we're talking, they're, they're a greeter at a store. And I thought, you know, I see greeters. I'm like, hey, church greeter. And uh, so we, we, oh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't found a church here. I said, well, what side of town you live on? Oh, I live in this area. I go, are you looking for a big church or a small church? She goes, oh, small church. And I go, you got to come to our church. I just got a thought about that. And we might be small in numbers, but by God's grace, we're big in heart and big in love. Does that make sense? That made me think of it. All right, here we go. Um, thirdly, um, Kim Tagano. <clears throat> Kim could not be here with us. John, where are you at? There's husband John. So I asked her. She she had to work today. I'm like, tell those people that you have a... Anyway, born in Henderson, uh, raised in Las Vegas. At the age of 12, she accepted Jesus. How many of you wish you accepted Jesus at 12 years old? Woo-wee! Um. She was active in youth group, home fellowships. Uh, do you have that picture of Kim? There you go. There, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's the happy couple. Uh, 1983, she went to a place called Calvary Chapel, Las Vegas, on Las Vegas Boulevard, uh, across from the tattoo parlor, and um, perfect place for a church. And um, she's been here ever since. Married to John. Been a part of Home Fellowships, uh, Koinonia, various ministries, written Easter plays and Christmas productions, 
John attends a men's group and is Johnny on the spot for whatever you need, might I add. And um, part of the worship team, she has been, she's worked in various accounts receivable, Metro, 23 years for Sprint. And, and for the last 15 years, she's been working at Bishop Gorman High School as the, uh, finance, in the finance office, library, and currently the performing arts secretary slash box office manager, which explains why she's not here today, probably. Trying to find some props or something. I don't know. Anyway, I wanted to say this last part. I love Jesus and I love his people. I believe in God's word is truth. I desire to see people come into a long-lasting personal relationship with him. I support our pastor, his family. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, chosen. Uh, I'm a privilege to be considered a part of this loving body and would desire to serve to the best of my ability. And here's the scripture verse that she leaves us with. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, and you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Kim Tagano. So anyway, let's do this. Um, we would like to uh, have our candidates come up, please. What? Where's Lene? Wait a minute. How did that happen? Janae, hi, Janae Hightower, come on up. Sister Nene. Did, you know, now you know she's Brazilian. And the more I hang around Brazilian, you know, that Afro-Brazilian, there, there's, there's a lot of... Can I just say there's a lot of black in Brazil? You know? <laughs> is that okay to say? My, my, don't be offended. My dad was black. Don't get yeah, mad at me. Some of y'all. Yeah, my your mom, your grandma. grandma. I, no, I knew uh-huh. she had some sisters. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> si, uh, sister Nene. Yeah. Hello, church family. Um, I started coming to Living Grace years ago, 28 years ago, to be a long time ago. I used to be on the worship team. Um, I, used, I, I still love singing, um, but my passion and my love went to interior design where I went and got my bachelor's degree. I'm married to Joseph Hightower this May, going to be 17 years, 17 years. And my awesome daughter, Bella is 15 years old. Yep. 15 years old. Um, I have a interior design business and I just won through God's grace, a house for top designer for the year. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited. I'm a businesswoman. Um, I have a successful business and I just believe in, um, everything I have is because I'm in God's will and he brings the bre- the blessings, you know, and, um, I love our church. I've been here a long time. I want to see us grow. I want us to be successful in the area of wisdom. Okay. I want to plant seeds throughout our town. And most of all, I want every person in the state of Nevada to know the Lord through us and the world. Okay. I I truly believe that because like Richard said, our hearts are huge in this small church. And we have a lot of giving people here. That's true. Uh, in October, as a lot of you know, I almost passed away. 
It wasn't my time. I had a kidney stone. They took out and um, they didn't see one in the CAT scan in the, and it was hidden in my urethra kidney stone. And what it did is it backed up my urine in my blood and I almost died of septic shock. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, it wasn't my time to go. It wasn't my time to go. Um, my husband was um, taking me to get a CAT scan. At that moment, I started going into convulsions. And my organs wanted to shut down. So it wasn't God's time for me. So I just felt that God wanted me to step up instead of just staying in, you know, my you know, home life, my business life. He wants me to step out into the church life and be all that I can be for each of you and to serve my living, my living Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Good mix of candidates. Um, so here's the way it, huh? Oh, uh, so here's the way it works is we, we, we do need four candidates and we have four candidates. (laughs) I know, I know. It's not like it's school, you know, vote for Pedro and all your wildest dreams. It's not like that. (laughs) One day there'll be 10 candidates up here and you'll pick two. I don't know. But for now, I know. So. On that card, would you please, um, there's a yay or an a, and, and these are for church members. And, and again, if you don't know if you are or not, you probably aren't. Could you mark on those cards? Pass them to the, pass them to, you know, the center aisle. We'll collect them and tally them. And during lunch, we'll kind of give you the count. Uh, and it's a yay or an a for each candidate. For what? Correct. Yes, all four. All four. Okay, you new, newlyweds. Come on now. Stop fooling around. <laughs> I know we went long today. It's, it's, it's okay. We're going to give you lunch, so. It's not like you have to go to uh, Taco Bell and get a macho combo burrito. We brought that here for you at a high level. Um, <clears throat> All right, we'll tally, get those things tallied, and during lunch we'll let you know the results. Yes, ma'am. What? Yes, I am. Outside door? Yes. Lo mismo de la año pasada. Sí, está bien. Okay, uh, current council, uh, Dan, would you just wave wave your hand? Where, where are other council members? Okay, John, stand up, please. John, if would you stand up? Um, where's Miss Ora? Oh, there she is. Am I missing anyone else? Oh, Susan, stand up. Current council members, would you guys just thank them, love on them, bless them, bless them. 
Um, Starbucks gift cards always welcome. They didn't say that. I did. So you can't get mad at them. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. What a blessing. All right. Um, I think we're done. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for hanging with us. Who's applauding? Oh, I think we're done. All right. I'm going to give you some instructions on, on lunch. La lonche, and then we will dismiss you. And we do need to, we're going to set up some round tables here. Round tables, six round tables here. And then we're going to pull in some of the benches from the outside as well. And so we'll need to, we'll need to stack the chairs. We'll get the tables out, put the chairs around them. Here's the way lunch will work. If you go out the door, outside to the far door, go in, get your lunch, and come back in. Does that make sense? Just go outside. Don't go through the, through the children's ministry unless you need to get your kids or something like that, okay? And then we'll start breaking down this. And uh, let me just pray. Woo! My goodness. You guys are so gracious. We don't normally go this long. Father, thank you for today. We, we, are, we are holding on to you, and we are expecting you to, uh, to lead us and guide us and to give us the strength to follow. Um, Your word says that unless you build the house, those who labor, labor in vain. I thank you for these, these kind, generous, loving people. And Lord, that together we can honor you and bring glory to the Father. We ask that you would bless this food and let it nourish our bodies. And thank you in advance uh, for Taco Naco Victor and his family and uh, serving us this lunch this day. Now, Lord Jesus, be glorified in all things. And we ask it all in your precious name, Jesus. And everyone said, amen. 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 God bless you guys. Uh, lunch out.